Hello world and welcome to the Overtone Warp Zone. This podcast is for people who enjoy games, love music, and want to know more about how their favorite songs work. In season one, we're taking a look at musical concepts found in pieces from Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. I'm Dan Bergman, and let's get started. The last time I attempted to do an episode on a Yoshi tune in episode 25, Instrument Personification, that episode was sidetracked almost entirely by music from The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild's Terrytown. While that happens to be one of my favorite episodes, we didn't actually spend that much time tackling the music and essence of Yoshi. So by all means, let's do that today. Today's music will be main theme, Yoshi's Woolly World, which would later come to be known as Yarn Yoshi Takes Shape. That's the name of the first stage it's heard in. There are two versions in Smash Ultimate, both debuting in Smash Bros. on the Wii U version of the game. One is a remix by Taku Inoue, and the second is from the original game. While Yoshi's Woolly World was primarily composed by Tomoya Tomita and Misaki Asada, this one track was written by longtime Yoshi series composer and Yoshi voice actor, Kazumi Tataka. Woolly World was a stage that premiered in Smash for Wii U, along with the two aforementioned tracks. This was the first stage and music in Smash history that was based on a game that hadn't been released yet. Smash for Wii U came to North America in November of 2014, and Yoshi's Woolly World came nearly a full year later, in October of 2015. Nintendo knows how to set the rails for the hype train. Without further ado, please enjoy Kazumi Tataka's rendition of main theme, Yoshi's Woolly World. Yoshi's Woolly World was the seventh main entry in the Yoshi series, and the first home console Yoshi series game since 1997's Yoshi's Story for the N64. It was developed by Goodfeel, who also happened to develop Kirby's epic yarn. Coincidence? I think not. As mentioned in previous podcast episodes, the Yoshi series branched off from the Mario series starting with Super Mario World 2, Yoshi's Island in which Yoshi was the protagonist, protecting baby Mario as they set out to rescue baby Luigi from the clutches of the maniacal Magikoopa, Kamek, and the dastardly baby Bowser. A few notes about these two villains. Baby Bowser is not to be confused with Bowser Jr., whose first appearance is in Super Mario Sunshine, and who is the child of Bowser. 
By contrast, Baby Bowser is the grown-up Bowser we all know and love, but just in the past, so that he's a baby. Hmm. Ah, and you can totally tell the difference because Bowser Jr. wears a bandana on his neck with a toothy mouth on it. Although sometimes Baby Bowser wears a bandana, but that one's only ever white. Uh, okay, I think you get it. As for Kamek, he's a Magikoopa whose main role has been as a carer for the Baby Bowser and as an advisor for the adult Bowser. Not to be confused with Kami Koopa, who is a female Magikoopa and sidekick to Bowser in the Paper Mario series. Kamek's name is derived from the Japanese name for Magikoopa, Kameku. That name in itself is derived from the Japanese name for Turtle, which is Kame. If you're not sure what a Magikoopa is, it's basically a wizard Koopa who wears a big blue robe and shoots geometry out of a wand to turn blocks into different things, first appearing in Super Mario World for the Super Nintendo. In the Yoshi series games, basically one of two things unfold. Either Yoshi is responsible for keeping the Mario children out of trouble from the villains, or the Yoshi population is living peaceable and, coincidentally, babysitter obligation-free lives, only to get upset by the villains being jealous of the source of their peaceful happiness. There are three games in the latter, and they all feature some sort of artsy aesthetic. In Yoshi's story, the protagonists become trapped in a storybook. In Yoshi's woolly world, the protagonists happen to all be made of wool when Kamek comes along and decides to turn them all into bundles of yarn. And in Yoshi's Crafted World, the protagonists all happen to be crafted and living in the joy of the Sundream Stone as Kamek and Baby Bowser come to steal its magic away. But this episode isn't about Yoshi's Crafted World. Let's get back to Yoshi's Woolly World and see how Taku Inoue turns its theme into fighting music. There's a new section in this version that's different from the original, and it goes like this. 
that section is in fact quoting the theme Sponge Cave Spelunking from the level of that name from Yoshi's Woolly World. crazy that at the time this remix came out, it was remixing a song that had never been heard yet. The new section being included in this remix messes with the listener's expectations. If you'd listened to the original, you'd know which section of the song comes next, so hearing something from another song simply wouldn't be right. Rather than speaking in these confusing riddles, I'll come right out and say what we call this ordering of sections in a song. Musical form refers to the structure of organized music. As mentioned in the recent theme and variation episode, we often use letters to identify novel musical ideas in a piece of music so that we can refer to them as they come up again later. The first musical idea we hear is A, the second is B, the third is C, and so on. Of course, we also sometimes name those different sections of music. For example, one of the most widespread popular music forms over the last who knows how many decades is verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Other terms like intro, outro, coda, instrumental, pre-chorus, and so on can be used as well, of course. There are many common forms that Western classical music uses a lot of. The simplest is strophic in which we would only have one section, called A, that repeats over and over. Note that if sung, different strophes, stanzas, verses, or whatever you'd like to call them, can of course have different lyrics. What we mean by only one section is that musically there's no significant difference between those verses. Examples of strophic form include 12-bar blues, ballads, hymns, chants, and many more. The opposite of strophic is through-composed, meaning there are no significant repetitions of a musical idea. In other words, if you were to put letters to the sections, it would be A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and so on, ad infinitum. Another common musical form is binary form. Depending on how a piece of music is laid out, it might be labeled as A, B, or A, A, B, B, or A, A prime, B, B prime. An example of the latter would be green sleeves. Take a listen to the first line, or section A. It ends on what we might call a musical question, to be resolved in the nearly identical A prime. The melody is identical up until this point, but then the question in that first line is answered by resolving to the root. Then we have a new musical idea, so we call it section B. Once again, it ends with a sort of question which is answered in the nearly identical B prime. The next form would be ternary. 
A simple ternary form would be ABA. One example would be Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, otherwise known as Baba Black Sheep, or The Alphabet Song, or Ah Vous Direz-je Mama. It's an anonymous pastoral song from the mid-18th century, popularized by the 12 variations of one Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Listen to the first part of the song. Now before I play any more, think about what the last section of the song sounds like. Yeah, exactly. The same as the first. Here it is in its entirety, and I'll call out the sections. Section A. Section B. Section A. Theme and variations is another type of form, where each section is close enough to be considered the material of the theme, but different enough to be given its own unique section. In this case, each instance of a variation would be given an additional superscript prime next to it. Have a listen to the theme and variation episode if you'd like to know more. One last form we'll discuss today is Rondo form, in which new sections continue to return to the familiar A section. In other words, it would appear as A-B-A-C-A. Well, that's just one example. Technically, ternary form is a type of rondo, as well as the form A-B-A-C-A-B-A, which is a palindrome. The term rondo implies that you come back around to the first section, A, which we do. Possibly the most famous example of rondo form would be a song that Pretty much everybody who made it halfway through their piano lessons is able to play by memory. Fur Elise by Beethoven. I'll show you by playing the beginning of each section. It starts with the A section, which goes like this. Next is the B section, which sounds like this. Then we go back to our A section. Then we play our brooding C section. Finally, we end with our A section again. Voila! Now, knowing about all these types of forms is great, but what does that tell us about the theme of Yoshi's Woolly World? 
Let's listen to Kazumi Tataka's version again. It starts with a little guitar part like this, which seems distinct from the other sections of the song. Seeing as it's at the beginning, why don't we call it the intro? Next, we hear this part of the song. This is the first major musical idea of the piece. That means we give it the denotion A. Following this section, we have a beautiful recorder come in, making this one note sound better than it ever has. This, of course, is our B section. What comes after this? We've heard it already. It's our A section. Notice how that first chunk, which we called the intro, isn't present here. I'll let you use your memory and see if you can figure out the answer to this question. What section comes next? Was it something we heard already, like maybe our B section? If so, then this would be binary form. A, B, A, B. Is it something new instead? Then it might be a different kind of form. Let's listen. So this is not the same as section A, nor is it the same as that recorder that we heard in section B. That means we have ourselves a new section. Section C. Instead of a wind instrument of some kind, we are led by what sounds like a Rhodes piano. After an odd number of bars, we return to the following section. We recognize this one. This is A again. If we keep listening, we discover that the song continually follows this pattern. A, B, A, C, A, B, A, C, in an indefinite loop. Remember, never returning to that short two-bar guitar intro. So what form does that make this song? What's that? You guessed Rondo? You're correct! You can go back and listen to the section where I explain Rondo if you don't believe me. We keep coming back around to our A section over and over again as the song loops on forever. What about our remix? Is it the same form as the original song? Well, let's listen to each section as they appear in that version. We start with this. This seems like our intro. Then we have this. Our A section with a little more punch. Following that... This is what we called B section before. 
I like that real fuzzy distorted bass part. It really grounds us in that chord progression. Next, we should have section A, right? Let's see. It is our A section, isn't it? But it sounds different from the first A section. Have a listen, this is the first one. And this is the second one. Our second A section has an electric guitar doubling the bass, and a few other additions as well. So, do we call this A? Is it a variation? Do we call it A prime? I wonder. Well, let's move on for now. We can come back to that later. Next, we should have section C. We do. As we said before, this version has a little quote of a different song from Woolly World. this is completely new material, we could call this section D. So following this, what do we have? Hey, that's the intro part. In our original version, the intro only played right at the beginning, not as part of the loop. So does that mean we have to give it a letter? Ah, this is all screwed up. Let's just start labeling this again. Okay, so what was our intro is maybe now our first section, so we gotta call that A. Next is what used to be our A section, so now it has to be called B. Then we have what used to be the B section, so it's now section C. Then we have a slightly different section. Because it's different, let's just call it section D for now. Next, we have what used to be called section C, but now the next letter of the alphabet is gonna be E. And lastly, we have the new section of music, this new quote, so we'll have to give that the letter F. So now we have section A, B, C, D, E, and F. Hmm. It doesn't sound like rondo form anymore, does it? What form is this? Aha! Remember that we said strophic was like the same section over and over. A, A, A. And the opposite of strophic is through composed, meaning each section is different. A, B, C, D, E, F just like this remix. Of course, the remix doesn't nicely fit in the box of through composed form, but a discussion on form like we had today is a good starting point for you to be aware of form in other compositions. Is there a benefit to keeping with a traditional form? Should you keep going back to the same sections of music over and over? Perhaps that would get tiresome from repetition. Or, perhaps that would solidify those sections in a listener's brain so they can more easily identify the theme. It all depends on what your intention is.
This week we have some exciting bonus content for you. There are two video game covers coming your way to the Overtone Warp Zone YouTube channel, both from Yoshi's Woolly World. The first is the very song that we talked about this episode, Yarn Yoshi Takes Shape, aka Yoshi's Woolly World main theme. The second is the title theme from the game, and it features my very talented friend Justin Fraser on solo guitar, with an appearance by my other talented friend Brock Peters on the harp. Go check those videos out, and if you like them, please subscribe to the YouTube channel. As always, feel free to let me know if you have any thoughts, feedback, or ideas for other episodes. Please leave reviews, check out my Patreon and my website, and thanks so very much for listening. I appreciate you. Until next time, keep playing. <laughs>